breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault. Tom, good morning, happy Friday, and happy birthday to your lovely wife. Yeah, well thank you very much. We've uh, we've enjoyed a good birthday morning celebration. Well good. We we know uh, that the, the contract for Fairgrounds Field demolition has been put on hold. Can you tell us the latest on why and what's going on there? Well, because of the pending litigation, we were incurring delay damages uh, to the contractor, and we just decided to cut that off. So that contract has been canceled. Okay, you still owe them part of what they did. They did some work, obviously, so you'll have to pay them something. Um, yes. Are you all going to come to an agreement with them, you hope? I, I think I think we have. That's something that Ms. Regal, uh, that Ms. Regal handled in uh, somewhere in the $330,000 range. So do you hire a new contractor to finish the work? What What's your goal? What's the plan? Uh, right now, the plan is to wait and see. Wait for what? Uh, primarily wait to see whether the the uh, the rev deal uh, pops up and and uh, and gets done. Okay, yeah, that's uh, that was one of our next questions. As a matter of fact, Rev Entertainment has proposed to come in and uh, take over th- that area and build a new stadium what is the latest on on their news we're they're proceeding with their plans uh which are i have to tell you really exciting and we're proceeding on feasibility and financing okay financing would be i would assume uh, a, a bond issue of some sort but maybe not going to the voters but a publicly secured bond is that what you're looking at there would there would have to be some kind of public financing here, and uh, and we're looking estimating in the range of seventy five million dollars. It's a big project, uh, but not something I would want to use general obligation bonds and uh, property taxes to back. Uh, we we have too many needs. Uh, I'm anticipating perhaps next year uh, asking the voters to approve uh, bonding for a number of different projects, but those really need to be. Uh, real streets and drainage and and uh, you know less sexy things than than this. If, if we can locate a means of financing this that does not jeopardize our ability to build the infrastructure that we uh, have needed in the city for a long time, then it's something that we can look at seriously. Rev, when they were in town, were really not even talking about Fairgrounds Field. They were talking about other space at the fairgrounds. And but now that you will, will you include in their deal? Hey, y'all got to take care of that. Whatever that is going to happen with that part of the property too. That's obviously going to be a part of it now. Yeah, that property would be part of it, but the stadium, the existing stadium, would not. So it's going to be torn down anyway. But you may put that as part of their deal. That part of your deal is to tear it down and and get it where you need it. We haven't we haven't gotten to those quite gotten to those stages yet, but yes, it will. It however it happens, it will have to go away. 
So what are what are you you're talking about? The city is going to be obligated to uh, help finance the new stadium that's going to be built. What can you give us any figures? What are we looking at? How are we going to generate that revenue? Well, we're actually uh, very shortly going to seek to engage a uh, a consulting firm that does this kind of work to look at feasibility and give us ideas on financing. And there are some other financing ideas that are out there that are not fully baked yet, so they're not ready to take out the oven. Also, Rev Entertainment's coming to the table with money on this as well. But would would it be a city-owned venue and Rev would run it, management bring manage it, bring a team in. Is that is that the direction they're moving? Uh, it's possible that there would be some combination ownership. The stadium, the stadium would belong to the city as we envision it now. All of those details are all part of putting the package together, Aaron. So I, I wouldn't say that we have a definite idea on all of those things at, at the moment. But I do think that Rev is intending to make some capital improvements uh, a little bit further down the line. And what the ownership of those improvements will be, we don't know yet. Timetable? Do you do you have something in your brain that you would like to see, you know, a, a contract, a, 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 what is it, an MOU or whatever with Rev? Um, I, I, would, I would like to see it before the, uh, before the summer is over. And, uh, you know, perhaps before that, things seem to be moving fairly quickly and, uh, they're making some further investigation. Uh, I'm convinced that they are the real deal, and they really do want to come here based on the work and the amount of money that they're already spending on it. So that's very encouraging to me. But we still have to figure out uh, what we're, what the source of financing will be and, and how that will affect the rest of the city's budget and the rest of the city's citizens. One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault joining us. Tom, we're going to shift our focus a little bit to crime. And I know you've got some priorities. You've been working with the chief and with many others. What are some concrete things you, as the mayor, are doing to try to get a handle on it? I mean, it's a tough, tough chore. Well, the first thing we're doing is uh, trying to uh, to increase the cooperation among the various jurisdictions that have something to do with the problem. It seems to me that uh, we have some gang issues that we need to be on top of and, uh, and also a tremendous number of illegal gun uh, issues. They're just uh, virtually every one of these homicides has been committed with a gun that shouldn't have been there and uh, trying to get those off the street as quickly as we can and let people know that the possession of those guns carries with it uh, some very heavy penalties. So uh, I'm hoping to be meeting in the next uh, in the next while with uh, representatives of various governmental agencies that have some degree of control over these to see what kind of coordinated act, uh, actions might might be taken to reduce the number of streets and to identify these people uh, who are likely to uh, to commit. Uh, commit these acts. Uh, most of the acts have been 
actions and then retributions and, and the, the people that are involved uh, unfortunately know each other. And if they know each other, then other people in the community know who they are. We need to be keeping a careful eye on those people while still satisfying their constitutional rights. And a lot of these folks, Mayor, are young people. I mean, we're talking teenagers here um, yeah. or even younger than that. Um we have to do something in other phases of their life, too, to try to figure out why they're turning to crime. Well, I have been meeting with uh, with officials at SPAR to kick back up uh, uh, youth programs uh, at SPAR that kind of went down with COVID and, and, and had trouble getting back up. But that's something that we need to be looking at to give the younger kids, uh, particularly an avenue that's positive, uh, for their uh, leisure activity, and uh, that's something that we need to, to spring back up, and that's what we're working on. And we talked to Shelly Ragel yesterday about the pools, and y'all, and I'm, I'm glad to see y'all are working on that early. But some of them are, are, are open only like four hours a day, and that to me would be like, and I know you have the, and she she explained you have the water aerobics and swim lessons that are going on in part of the day, but it would it would seem like it would be a decent idea to look at maybe longer hours for those pools to be open for the kids, to give them something to do, uh, and other things, you know, gym activities, et cetera. You're, you're working on all of that, right? We are. And are, are, is it a funding issue for some of them? I mean, I know, I know our budget is short that it, to pay for some of these programs costs money. I don't, I, I don't think it's as much a funding issue as a volunteer issue. We need people to volunteer. That We, need to, they, we run back, background checks on people. It's not as easy to get volunteers to work with kids as it used to be, uh, just because people have to go through a lot of things before they're really allowed to work with children. Okay. And uh, that, that's true in the Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. And, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a serious issue, and people pay careful attention to it. Last thing we want is to have some, have some impropriety happen because, because we didn't make the right check. And we and, and to be honest, when you say it's hard to get volu- it's hard to get school teachers today. I mean, you're, you're you know you're paying a decent salary. People, the, the dealing with children right now is tough. It's not the same as when you and I were youngsters. Right? No, you're you're 100 percent right. It's just you know everything about it is a little bit more difficult. But that's the, that's the challenge of today, and we got to meet that challenge. We know the Shreveport Police Department is down 130 some odd police officers. Um, part of the reason that they're leaving is better pay in other departments. Is there anything we can do to help increase the pay and get more people and beef up our patrol units? The short run looks a little dismal there. Uh, our pay is comparable to the folks in the region. The, the people that leave that go to places like Frisco or Plano, they're leaving for double. And uh, there's, I don't see any foreseeable uh, uh arrangement where we're able to double their pay um so they're we're looking at other issues uh, trying to find out if there are cities who have had bonus situations in place for a number of years <clears throat> to try and find out excuse me <clears throat> to try and find out if those are working long term um it, it sometimes makes sense to throw money in matter but if you can find out whether it's working somewhere and whether the money is worth it, that's that's worthwhile. We haven't we haven't found that yet. Most of that is fairly new, 
but I know that, for example, I know that Baton Rouge is offering sign-on bonuses and transfer bonuses. And uh, it seems to me that retention bonuses, uh, to the extent that they're constitutional, are another thing that we can that we can look at to retain our police officers. Talking with Tom Arsenault, mayor of Shreveport. Tom, uh, another kind of bone of contention, if you will, for fiscal responsibility is the 13% pay raise that was initiated during the last administration. And we know that was a one-time funding. Um, how are you going to address that when that runs out? How are you that's not sustainable what we're trying to do is to ease into ease into those uh, issues with uh between this year's budget we'll have some amendments in later march uh this year's budget and then next year's budget with the idea that by 2025 we will be planning to spend as much as or less than the dollars that we intend to take in. The next two years project uh, dipping into that operating reserve significantly. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a substantial reserve, but, but we, need to be, uh, we need to be preserving it rather than dipping into it. So uh, this year's budget, uh, the p- budget passed by the previous administration and council, uh, shows, uh, I think, about $10 million dollars being spent above what we're intending to take in. The budget gets balanced because of the operating reserve that was available at the end of the year. Our projection is we may have to do some of that in 2024, but the goal is to stabilize the budget, and by that I mean having a budget where we're spending what we're taking in as opposed to dipping into operating reserve. One last thing. Um, the previous administration also used, I believe, American Rescue Fund money to buy a, a, a ton of cameras. I think it was 90 cameras for putting up in our high crime neighborhoods. But it was slow going putting those cameras up. Uh, and you talked about you were going to speed that up, move along on that. Where are we with regard to getting those cameras up? That's a big part of the crime fighting effort, I know. Well, it is. Unfortunately, all of those cameras that were purchased are uh, do not meet the federal guidelines for that use. And so they, we have to get those down and order new cameras. Wait a minute. Oh, are you are kidding? You, my gosh. So what can we use them for? What can we use them for? I don't, I don't think they're useful for anything because they're capable of being hacked into. Oh, no. When did you find that out, and, and do we just give them back? What do we do? <laughs> uh, we probably uh, eat them or sell them for scrap of some, some kind because we don't think they're worth. We're looking at what our alternatives are there, but the cameras that the city put up uh, are, are cameras that we, we cannot keep up, so we're going to have to have new cameras put up, and we're in the process of visiting with vendors about those. How did you well, discover the, that? The, the administration that just keeps on giving. Yeah, how did you discover this? <laughs> and I'm well, not talking we were, about you, Tom. We were we were looking at them and uh, and determined that they they just didn't meet the standards and uh, as a result somebody could have gotten the information uh, that was being recorded by those and done something dastardly with it. We decided that was not an appropriate thing. We learned about this about a month to six weeks ago. So the cameras at Ford Park, at AC Steer, the ones that were put up downtown, you're going to take them down? Yes, ma'am. 
101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Okay, this is Ru- Ruben better enjoy the hell out of today is all I'm saying. <laughs> I suspect they didn't go to Waco. Really? You think? I suspect, yeah. I've been seeing they went to see a band and some postal. And then they may have decided we're not going to go. We're not going to waste the money. Mac and cheese is not that important. <laughs> Yeah, if all you're doing is driving to Waco to eat mac and cheese, yeah. I can doctor some up and, right. and, 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 and enjoy it, it just fine. Chop up some bologna and fry it and put it in there. And they may have gone just Saturday and Sunday. You know, I don't know. I know Friday they were at some, uh, his wife posted something about seeing a band or something. So, I, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm whatever. I'm, I hope he had time. He had time off. He can do what he wants. What? My wife went out of town. She went over to Dallas to spend time with um, our daughter. Mm-hmm. Daughter had a rough weekend. Um, so she was, uh, my wife left Sunday afternoon. They, they went to church, had lunch, and then they were putting a scrapbook together for Micah's boy. She's adopting out of South Africa. So they were working on this scrapbook and then she called and she says, I'm on my way home. And then, uh, and then I get a call and said, every light on my dash is on every light. Check engine light, the oh, brake light, the no. the battery. I'm like, oh. how far from home is she? <laughs> Still a good two hours. Oh. I mean, it was other side of Lindale. Oh goodness! And mm. so I, she, we pulled it. You know, I told her pull over, and and, and it wouldn't start. Yeah. And I said first thing I said, check your gas caps. Anyway, so the time i was going to use to clean the house oh no <laughs> on her way home oh lord <laughs> yeah i had to drive over and oh. we ended up buying a new battery in lindale and oh, putting it man. in and then and she was stopping to get you schlotsky she did she got me a schlotsky on the way home so sometimes she'll she'll get me a schlotsky's and oh, i'll have man. a schlotsky's for dinner on sunday nights when oh, she comes my home goodness that's um, so cool that's so well i'm glad the, the vehicle's good you got a battery and that fixed it you think no we hope <laughs> it got it home, so that's a good okay. news. But you didn't have we, to tow it. Uh, I've got to get it checked. It's either a, a ground connection. Um, I got it serviced before she left mm-hmm. Thursday. I, I took it in, got the oil changed and everything. You know, yeah. filters, all that, all that done. And I don't know if they, they may have knocked a connection loose. Like oh. I'm hoping it's something as simple as a ground connection. Hope, it may yeah. be the alternator. May okay. need to do an alternator. So oh, we're going to get that checked. Anyway, that was my Sunday afternoon. How Fun. was yours? I had a good day. <laughs> nice and relaxing. But I'm still rumbling in my brain about the cameras. Can we talk about that? Oh, when we get back? absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Mayor Arsenault dropped a bombshell on Friday. Yeah, he did. I don't think he even realized or meant to. Uh, he might not have. He might not yeah, have. Yeah. It was interesting. We'll mm. uh, talk about that next. Mikey McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. One oh 
1017 FM, 710 Keel. Also a free download courtesy of Office Furniture Source. It's the Keel News app. You can get that free. Listen to us wherever you are. That's also how you connect with us on the Shreveport Security Systems Message Board. Uh, Mike and McCarty, we spoke with Mayor Arsenault. If uh, if you're just joining us, we played that conversation earlier this hour. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I mean, like right at the end, because we were talking to him about Fairgrounds Field and what the latest is. And it's kind of some exciting news about Rev Entertainment. Mm -hmm. I'm all for this. Right. I think you you have to invest. You have to take risks to grow. Yeah. And he's halted the demolition work so that they they can get a new contractor to come in and do that and maybe be part of the Rev deal. Like y'all finish the tear down or whatever. I don't know. But uh, he's he's uh, canceled that contract. He will pay that contractor what they think they they've owed. They're owed, right? I think it was like three hundred thousand mm-hmm. around that. Yeah, but, but at the end of the interview, he dropped yes. a bomb of the cameras that the city was going to put up at high crime neighborhoods are junk, and they're going to have to take them down because they can be hacked. So they, these are ninety four cameras. Is that how many? Ninety ish, ninety ish. Yeah, over they, ninety cameras. Mm-hmm. And they put only a few of them up. At last report, they put some up at Ford Park, AC Steer, and downtown. Only about ten or twelve, I think, had been had gone right. Up. Uh, but the, there was a, a measure at the last council meeting to rush that to move along, get those cameras up. But apparently the mayor in the last month or six weeks, he said, realized these cameras can be hacked into by the Chinese, by you and me, by whoever. Right. And imagine if you got that information out and you, and there was something going on that you needed to keep private for court purposes, but everybody could get yeah. into it and see it. Right. Um, now, these, these are cameras purchased by the per- Perkins administration. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, when they first started installing them they were installing them on swepco poles which they didn't have the authority to do right so they had to go back and uninstall some cameras that they had already put up and find new places for them mm-hmm. so th- this whole thing has just been an embarrassment from the start yeah and i had heard i had heard that they knew these could be hacked when they got them they knew and here's they my other this. here's my other problem. Were they just hoping somebody wouldn't find out? Yeah, I'm gonna check today to find out if the ring cameras. You know, Caddo Parish has been purchasing ring cameras for people. Can those oh, be hacked too? Yeah. And should those not be hooked up to the real time crime center? Because if <laughs> they can be hacked, you really don't need them into that system. So I, it's just going to be a mess. The hits we're just do, keep on coming. We're going to do more checking on it. We'll follow up. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 Keo. So when they're writing the song, do you think they're writing down... Do they write that down? Whoop! Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. So, Saturday, mm-hmm. this was actually my first time to even attend the Gumbo Gladiators. Wow. Yeah, wow. 10 years. Man. And so, um, I, I ended up emceeing for them, which is basically reading their. It's not just, you know. Yeah. It's not as glamorous as it sounds. It's not. 
but it was riling fun. up the crowd. Yeah, it was I mean, a lot of. I fun. judged it the first few years. Oh man. Oh, man. Well, I did. I talked to Amy. I what said, a gig. I'm, I want to be in the judges' tent next year. Oh, yeah. So what I, a gig. I, I, I may be one of the judges <laughs> next year. Oh, delicious. Although I did get plenty of coupons to be able to go and sample. And it was funny. Aaron, I, I've come to the conclusion, apparently, I'm not a very adventurous. Really? Well, I don't know. I, I, I found something I liked. And stuck with it? And I just stayed with that. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, because some of I had heard, you know, well, some of it is like they'll ostrich and, and duck gumbo you know, and yeah. all that, yeah. which I'm sure is good. It, it all is but so But then good. there's some that were like, you know. Gamey, eh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I know. a little oily or something like that. Right. But, I heard um, the sheriff's won. Sheriff Prater's yeah, team won. Yeah, Prater's Rougarous or yeah. something like that. They were one of the Steve winners. If you think Prater cooked it, you're wrong. I'm sure. <laughs> He'll text me if, if It I'm was wrong. a lot of fun, though. They had uh, they had a DJ out there playing tunes all day. Yeah. And uh, it's, I think there were 40, 50 booths. I yeah. mean, there were a lot of competitors. A lot of people went down to uh, Festival Plaza. Oh. It was really a lot of fun. It was a gorgeous day that for it. I wished I, I, I had a trip to Cachata plan, but I would, otherwise I would have gone. But... It just looked. I saw the some of the TV coverage and some of the stuff online, and I thought, man, it looked like a blast. We had it. We had a lot. We had a lot of fun. Oh, and, and Festival Plaza will be alive this Friday with uh, Patty in the Plaza. Looking forward to that. I'll be down there for that as well. Oh, it's going to be a blast too. Wearing of the green and, and uh, the good, uh, green beer. You're going to wear green week. all week, huh? All week. Look at you. I have to week. dig my green out. Yeah, definitely. McCarty, what, I know, come on. I know, I know. You've got more Irish than I do. Yeah, definitely. I think I have more Scott than Irish, but I've got a lot of, you know. <laughs> it's a big week. Yes. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. LeVette Fuller is uh, going to join us after the local news, top of the hour. Uh, there's a big event coming up in Shreveport, speaker, and uh, she'll tell us all about that. Mike mm-hmm. and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline for former Shreveport City Councilman uh Councilwoman Levette Fuller is joining us. Uh Levette, big event going on tonight at LSUS. This is uh Reform Shreveport hosting uh this tell us about uh, tell us about this development meeting that's going on. Okay. So good morning, and actually Reform Shreveport is not hosting, but we are going to be handling the live stream. The City of Shreveport and DSDC, Downtown Shreveport Development Corporation, are actually the sponsors along with LSUS tonight. Joe Minakazi of Urban 3 has done a fiscal analysis of Shreveport, and Urban 3 was introduced to Shreveport by Reform Shreveport back in 2017. What Mr. Minakazi is doing um, is something that I was able to get the funds for when I was on council, and it's going to be looking at all of our tax revenue geographically, like tagging every building's tax revenue and then actually calculating it into value per acre, then overlaying the sales tax per industry and zip, uh, by zip code in the aggregate. Um, and then looking at our total amount of money and um, for infrastructure. Okay, we're so like, kind of in the weeds. Help make it okay. real simple. Make it real simple if you can. 
We're going to look at what we're spending on every mile of infrastructure we have, and we're going to be looking at how much money is coming in geographically to see if we have a high return on investment or if we're hemorrhaging money. In other so words, is our, is our, has urban sprawl worked, or is it costing us way more than it's worth? That's a big part of it. Okay. Do we, where are we productive? Where is this city actually getting back money to cover the cost of the roads, the water, the sidewalks, the fire hydrants. The street, and where are we tanking? Shreveport DDA put on their Facebook page, this could be one of the most important meetings you ever attend. You agree and 100%. why? 100%. Why, why is this um, one big? Because you saw what this looked like for Lafayette. And right now, we keep saying, where's all of our money going? Well, you've got a decreasing population and you keep adding on more land area. That's each person paying for more and more land and a decreasing population. So we can talk about waste, but that's probably one of the most wasteful things we can do is keep adding land when you have fewer and fewer people to pay for it. And then the other part of that is how can we maximize the tax revenue we have? And that's going to be putting more buildings in areas where you already have infrastructure. Now, how do you get people to do that? How do you get people to buy into that? Right. That's going to be the big issue is this is going to show you the proof of why it's important to do things differently. And then we have to start looking for the ways to incentivize doing the smarter thing because we can't afford to keep doing what we're doing. So when you say do things differently, can you, can you give me an example of, of how we can do something differently? Okay. We have a lot of vacant property inside the urban core, not just vacant. We have a lot of just property that's not being used to its full potential. Let's take the Sears building downtown that is now the loft. Think about how many jobs are in that property and I'll calculate it for value per acre. You have more opportunities for tax revenue in that building by having retail, the coffee shop, offices on the second floor, and then the apartments above than in, say, a Walmart that has fewer people working in it, all of that parking that's not being used for anything, and then all of the frontage, every piece of pipe, every road. You're not getting enough money from that Walmart to cover the cost of everything that's going past it. If we actually start looking at not just, not just density, but just making things a little bit more compact. If every neighborhood has the opportunity to have most of its amenities within 15 minutes walking, you would actually be getting a higher return on investment. People are wanting to live closer to where they work and have all of their amenities, their groceries, their cafes, their dry cleaning, their bank, that much closer so you're not having to go so far away to get things. By having that diversity of use, having your retail opportunities closer to where you live and your working opportunities closer where you live, the city actually has a chance to save money or get a higher return on investment on the dollars we have. Levette, we're talking about... is going to show... I know, I'm getting into the nerdy stuff. Go ahead. Former Councilwoman Levette Fuller. Some would say, though, that the horse is already out of the barn. You already have so much urban sprawl, you can't rein it back in. What ye say to that? 
we have to thicken our population inside the areas that we built first. That doesn't mean that you have to try to force people who live in the sprawl in back into the city. That's not it. What we have to do is make it more attractive for people to want to live in the core. And it doesn't take much. This isn't a matter of having to overhaul the entire city. It's just a matter of taking care of what we have and improving what we have, doing literally the smallest things to make those areas more attractive will actually induce more demand into those areas. What we can't do is con- is continue inducing demand outward. You can't keep making it attractive for people to be further away. And that's the issue. And Stop I know, right where we are and say, no, we're not doing it anymore. I know that's one of the things that uh, my wife and I love about where we live is it's so centrally located and we're, you know, we've got everything we need right around us. Exactly. I've caught you walking your dog down like Auckland or Atlantic or somewhere over there. It's nice to be in an area that's walkable, that's close to the things that you do. And what we should be doing is creating more of that because there's value in it. And if we're talking about having a younger population actually considering she's for even a little bit, this new generation does not want to be in cars, y'all. Mm, they don't right. want to drive. And I love the idea of developing downtown and making it more user-friendly. Mm-hmm. Our downtown has the most... Our downtown, to some degree, is even as it's emptier now than it's ever been, it is still right now sustaining most of this community in tax revenue. And part of that is the density and part of it's just the productivity of each building. The value per acre concept that he's going to talk about tonight is going to be best for him to actually demonstrate the whole thing. He's going to start off by talking about where he's from, which is Asheville, North Carolina. He's going to talk about the investments that were made 20 years ago in a downtown Asheville that was quite a bit like the downtown that we have right now, with a lot of the attitude being, this will never work. Nobody wants to live there. Why do you keep talking about this? Just forget about it. Right. They had low morale. They were in a similar state that we are now, but they made the investments anyway, and they did what needed to be done. And now that downtown has 25 like local breweries and wow. 75 restaurants and a lot of retail. It's walkable, and people are still moving to Asheville because of how vibrant it is. Gotcha. It's just a matter of us saying that it's worth it to us, One, it's worth it on the economic side of things. If we want to be sustainable, if we don't want to always be in debt, if we want to actually see our roads be repaired and our water be repaired without a federal mandate and without having to have so much debt, if we want to see that happen, we actually have options, and it's going to come down to the revitalization of the areas with potential for productivity. That's okay. not just downtown, but the core neighborhoods around downtown. Gotcha. So the meeting is tonight at LSUS. 6.30, right? 6.30, LSUS University Theater. Gotcha. Everybody go. It's open to the public. Thank you, former Councilwoman Lebet Fuller. Appreciate your time. Thank you all. Bye-bye. 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 1017. One oh one seven FM. Oh wait a minute. Five. No. <laughs> that's my that's my homage to Ruben. Get on the air. 
that. I know it. Micah McCarty. Uh, Monday, busy weekend. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gumbo Gladiators on Saturday. Yeah. Had so much fun. That's such a great so event. So good. Such a great event. Okay, but... Uh, uh, did you watch the Oscars? Parts of it. I did watch did parts you? of it. You tur- I, did, I can't yeah. even, Aaron, I can't even turn it on anymore. I know. The Emmys, the Oscars, I, 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 I don't want to I, hear. My favorite, and I'm sure you've seen it, on. it's on YouTube, Ricky Gervais. I think it's the Golden Globe Awards. Mm-hmm. And he went, um, I don't know, seven minutes lambasting them <laughs> about... Don't preach to us. Their arrogance, yeah. Their arrogance. Mm-hmm. Come up here, get your little award, right. shut your mouth, thank your, you know, thank your agent, and get off this. St- I mean, it wasn't it wasn't as political as I expected last night. I think they were trying to recover from the slap from last year, or punch from last year. Right. So they kind of kept it real. And tame. that's already been a year. Yeah, that's can you crazy. It? That's no just nuts. I, See I the did, NFL. I think the NFL kind of maybe learned their lesson a little bit perhaps because you don't see the kneeling you know i don't know if they're just not showing it i don't know if the guys are not doing it but wisely absolutely it hurt them what i saw was one thing i did see which was kind of amazing um you know every artist typically that has a song nominated they come out and sing it and um, there was a lot of debate ahead. Was Lady Gaga going to come out and sing the song she did for um, Top Gun Maverick? Oh, okay. Folks knew it probably wasn't going to win, but it was a nominee. And um, she came out, and Mike, she came out in a T-shirt and ripped up blue jeans. Okay. No makeup. Everybody else in the room has on what? F- well, formal wear. Evening gowns. Yeah. Sure. And tuxes. tuxes. Right. Yes. She's in ripped up blue jeans. A black T-shirt, Prob- not a stitch of makeup, and you can tell she needs to hydrate. Her lips are chapped. Wow. You, that's how close you could see. She like she was like, I'm gonna dumb it down. I'm not. I'm gonna dress down. I'm gonna just sing. That's all I'm gonna. And she was exceptional. When I first saw her, I thought, Whoa! She decided not to do anything for the night except throw on a T-shirt and some jeans. But man, she just let her 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 pipes do her work, and whoo, she's got them. And she was incredible. Well, first of all, I don't know how many of the films I've actually seen. I mean, yeah. the last movie I saw in the theater was Top Gun. I I, I saw that. I've, I've seen a couple of them. A couple of them I, could, I can't get yet. You have to pay. They're on Showtime or whatever that I don't have. And so and, I haven't paid. And, and I still contend. The reason, one of the reasons that Top Gun was so successful was they didn't they didn't throw they didn't preach it wasn't woke right right i mean they they didn't even really define the enemy no you know in the film no it wasn't the russians it wasn't no. the chinese they they never defined it no it was a mission that needed to be done mm-hmm. and it was just a feel-good throwback to the 80s film yes and, and lots of and, tributes to that film. And look how well it did. It did exceptionally well. Didn't win any Hollywood. Oscars. Hollywood, get but, the message. Yeah, and Spielberg was was cut out too last night, so that was kind of sad because I thought The Fablemans was a pretty good flick. I saw that one, and I really liked it too. 
but didn't get anything. Well, everything everywhere kind of won everything. So, was and Jamie Otto? Lee Curtis, no, nothing, no. Okay. And Jamie Lee Curtis won, which was, I mean, amazing. And they said she was cussing like a sailor backstage. How happy she was! She couldn't blanking what was believe she in? it. I don't even... She was in that Everything Everywhere movie, and okay. um, she was for a uh, supporting actress. And she won, and she came up, man. And her speech was pretty incredible. It was pretty cool. I saw where Tom Hanks won a Razzie Award. Razzie, yeah. Worst Supporting Actor uh, for Elvis, the uh, Colonel Tom Parker yeah. role. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Anyway, mm. <laughs> stay with us, Michael McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. I still haven't made my sausage balls. Oh, you haven't. I have the I have the package of hot, package of regular, and my garlic cheese bisquick. Bisquick. Mm, They're gonna be good. I, I don't are. know. I just this weekend was so crazy. I did mm-hmm. not have time. I invented something new again, and I'm not. And it was good. It was good, but I'm not sure it's a like a you know menu item yet. But I decided I have crawfish tails, and I I looked and I said, oh, I'm out of rice, but I have the etouffee mix, and I said, well, I'll make some crawfish etouffee, and I'll figure out what to do. So I go digging into my fridge and all that. And I get the crawfish out, and I have um, garlic. Didn't have an onion, so I thought oh, I'll be all right. I have a bunch of mushrooms. So I chopped up all the fresh mushrooms, got those in the skillet with the garlic, you know, cooking slow. And then I put the crawfish etouffee mix in, got that cooking slow. Then I put the crawfish in. And at the same time, I got a pot of water going and I found some curly Q noodles. What are those called? I don't know what they're called. They curly look like Q spirals, noodles? spiral okay. noodles, whatever. And I thought, I'm going to... Not gonna, ramen. No, not ramen. They're pasta. It's pasta. Okay. So I thought, well, I'll try it over that. That sounds kind of good. So I got all my crawfish con- concoction finished. I got the noodles finished. And I put the noodles right before... They're just at al dente, you know, right before they're mm-hmm. finished cooking. And I put them in, into the crawfish mix. And I tossed it all around to let them finish cooking with the crawfish. And man. And so I'm calling it... Crawpasta. Crawpasta. <laughs> or Crawtu Pasta? I don't know. I'm thinking I need a new name for it. Okay. It was really good, though. Really Did good. Did you bring any in? No, I didn't bring any in. I got a serving and then I've got a 29 year old. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, but it was really, but you know what? Sometimes you're just creative in the kitchen. You try weird things, and and it worked. It was really good. But do you, but do you make notes so you can do it again if you need to? Oh yeah, I'm, I mean I don't make notes. They're in my brain. Because okay. I mean, of course, you cook the crawfish with butter, and you know that's a, the first oh, start. And um, you know we haven't had breakfast yet. I know, I know that's bad, but it was really good. It was so crawtu <laughs> pasta, crawtuvi pasta. I don't know. I'm I'm think I need a name for it, but it was delish. Really good. <laughs> Which, uh, a lot of things happening in, uh, we, we found out la- late last week, the cameras that were installed for the real time crime center are not able to be used. Uh, people are, people are sending us messages on the, uh, Shreveport security system message board. We'll talk about that next, Mike mm-hmm. and McCarty, 1017 FM.
1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. We spoke with Mayor Tom Arsenault last week, uh, and he made the comment. It was almost an offhand comment about the Shreveport security system camera. No, 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 no. Let me back that up again. The Shreveport real-time crime center cameras. Yes. Uh, that the city purchased some 90-something cameras uh, that a few have been installed, like you say, around Fort Park, some of the higher crime areas. Mm-hmm. Well, they're no good. Yeah. The cameras are, uh, first of all, they don't re- the, meet the requirements of the federal funding that was used. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cameras can be hacked. Yeah. So none of the cameras can be used, which, in, which means there were some 75 or, you know, percent of those cameras that haven't been installed even mm-hmm. and, right. and somebody asked on the shreveport security systems message board if if they haven't been opened why can't they be returned and the city get refunded on those cameras well apparently the the contract they did that there, there's no way to return them because he said his quote was we either have to eat them or scrap them so they've apparently so been returning open. them is not even uh, apparently not an option. Uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like it's an option at all, and it's that's frustrating. That's so frustrating because that's that's money that we could have golly we could have used it in a lot of other places. And my concern now is, does it? And I'm going to follow up with the chief or with other folks. The real time crime center. Do all the cameras that connect to the real time crime center have to be unhackable? Because Do they have to meet that standard? Well, because ring cameras can easily be hacked. Yes, and Those, some that's all online. Right. And some business cameras that they encourage business owners to, you know, let us have access to your camera. Those could possibly be hacked. They may not. I mean, do we have to meet that standard for every camera attached to the real time crime center, or is it only we have to meet that standard because we use the federal money? I don't know. That's a question I haven't gotten the answer to yet. And I want to know still, we still haven't found out, how much money did we spend on this? Yeah. How much How much did these cameras cost? I'm working on that. Labor uh, oh. uh, to install the cameras that we've already installed. Now labor to take those cameras down. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know how much money was absolutely wasted. Mm-hmm. Right. Perhaps they'd let us buy a few just to put them on display in this room, just kind of as a reminder of government waste. Can we put a few of your scrap cameras down here? Oh, they probably not just even give gonna, us some. Not even going to turn them on. Just going to hang them up as decorations <laughs> to, to remind us of about government as, waste. About as useful. Oh, it just is so frustrating. I'm, you know, I'm, ugh. Why are the bureaucrats who make these decisions never held accountable through the legal system? Well, we, there are some that say that, that, that these folks were held accountable at the polls because they're gone. Right. Um, they misspent this money, obviously. And I was told by a couple of people in the know that they knew going in these cameras they bought were hackable. See, that's inexcusable. That's inexcusable. It absolutely is. And that's a dang shame. You invented a dish. And you didn't know what to call it. No, I didn't. We've got some suggestions. Okay. We'll talk about that next. Mike and McCarty. Be nice. 1017 FM, 710 Kio.
1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty, also where you can hear Sean Hannity every Monday through Friday, 2 to 5. Okay, you invented, I, I, I said I hadn't made my, my sausage balls. I've got a kind of a new creation that I'm going to do. Changed my Bisquick a little bit. Kind of excited about it. It's going to be good. But you, you, you're, you're pretty creative in the kitchen, obviously. Yeah, I try some weird stuff. And I, uh, I cooked uh, crawfish etouffee and with mushrooms. I, I, almost Ooh. as much crawfish as mushrooms. Okay, you know, yeah. Almost the same amount. And then you put it over... What are those ringlet pasta things called? Now, somebody said on the Shreveport Security Systems message board said, is it rotini? It might be rotini, yeah. That might is be that it. what it yeah, is? Yeah, that okay. might be it. It's those, yeah, they look like spirals, I guess is the best way to call it, describe it. I forget the name of them. And it was really good. It was delish. Okay, it really so, was. So, but you said you didn't know what to call it. Yeah. Some were saying pasta etouffee. Okay. Is there yeah. is there already a pasta etouffee? That I don't sounds, know. Sounds familiar. That sounds... Like it should already be there. It should exist, yeah. Fettuccine etouffee. Okay, but it wasn't fettuccine noodles. So maybe. maybe. Uh, you know, I don't know. Okay. Craw pasta? I don't know. <laughs> crawfish etouaren? Ra- yeah, yeah, crawfish like etouaren. It was good. I, I, re- I highly recommend it. And you know what? You... Get in the kitchen and just explore. It's fun to just do. And, yeah, you're going to ruin it some is. things every now it and is. then. Yeah. You're going to wreck it every now and then, and, and that's okay. If you have a 29-year-old, they'll eat anything. They'll still eat it. Yeah, they, won't, <laughs> they don't care. They, they'll gobble it up. And I told him, I said, I've got this crawfish thing down here. And I just said, I didn't have to say much else. It was like, crawfish thing? Oh, boom, he's here. Yep. What, what you got? <laughs> And he, uh, he he gobbled it up. He loved he loved it. It was good. I think you know we may have a little more. I may I may do All another right. one. We'll see. Now we are also talking about the cameras uh, being unusable that the city purchased. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what was the funds that were used? It was the American Rescue Plan funds. That and somebody I, said that we shouldn't have purchased the cameras with those funds. That's not what it was designated for yeah that's part of the problem too is that the funds were not they're supposed to be used for covid relief things that you had to pay for because of covid now there are some who say well crime went up because of covid so we're fighting crime with these cameras i mean there's a fine line you're walking but it's just to me another debacle not even in the door you're already gone and we're we're uncovering more debacles right. about the previous administration Ugh. what else what else is going to pop up you know yeah. what else is going to pop well, up well we know we're voting this month on a bond issue that we a renewal that expired at the end of the year oh yeah we should have voted on it and guess what we had last fall an election yeah and, that and so have been our police and firefighters aren't funded yeah, it's going to have to be retroactive, but for you to come and pitch it to me as a as a renewal now, Golly. technically it's not a renewal anymore because guess what? It expired at the end of the year because our previous administration never got it on a ballot. Unbelievable. Uh, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. There's a story on Keel News. Hottest neighborhoods in Shreveport. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know who did that. That was me. 
<laughs> Actually, it was not me. It was the uh, Northwest Louisiana Association of Realtors did the legwork for me, thanks to them. They do great work. And I asked him, I was just curious, what are the hottest selling neighborhoods in town? Because right. I have some in my brain, and I wondered, would that match up with what, what actually is selling? And you'd be surprised, I think about five of them are Shreveport. But there are a bunch, uh, Bozier, Houghton, Benton, um, even... Now, see, uh, Benton doesn't surprise me. Yeah, that didn't surprise me at all. Um, and also you had one, uh, Newcastle in West Shreveport. That kind of surprised that me. That really did. I was really surprised. Yeah, I did see that. It's, a, it's for folks who work out in this area. Apparently they want to live closer to where they work. And if they work in West Shreveport, that's one of the neighborhoods where they want to live. Uh, Forest Hills in Houghton is one of the biggies and and i thought i didn't realize how big that i mean when you start looking at the map and the homes in there there's some beautiful places in there really looks great legacy subdivisions on the list cypress bend which is just off benton road it's one of the newer ones on the list also you got providence in shreveport uh 12 oaks as well okay providence providence love it that is the coolest. I love the architecture. I love how they laid that out. Mm-hmm. They absolutely. It is so. Yeah. And they got so the mix well of the restaurants and the retail space at the front, and they have all these community events that they do around the lake. They've got it together. If I'm going to move in Shreveport, I'm going to move to Providence. That's where I would go. I just think that it's got such cool things to do there all the time. And that ties in with the meeting tonight mm-hmm. with, with this economic development type meeting that they're doing. Yes. Um, and Lavette Fuller talked with us earlier this morning. You'll hear uh, you'll hear her tell more about that here coming up. But, you know, people like... It's like it's like living in Soho or something in New mm-hmm. York. You know, you you've got everything you need. Yes. Right there, you don't have to you know take your car or right. a taxi. Exactly. You can exactly. walk. You go get your groceries. You can go. You know, you mail still, a letter. Most of these, though, you still mail have- a letter. How old am I? <laughs> Speaking of that, you know what I said yesterday, and my friends looked. At, my friends who are my age looked okay. at me like, "Oh my God, how old are you?" I said, you know, I went to my ice box and got something out. <laughs> Your and they, ice box? Yes. And they looked at me and they said, you know, there's this thing called a refrigerator now. Yeah. That you can, you know, it, it, it you plug it into the wall and it and it makes ice it and it keeps things yeah. cold. You don't have to have ice delivered anymore, Aaron. I, people, the young, young folks would not know what an ice box is if I told them, would they? Well, when was the last time an ice box was actually used? I mean, well, that I have an ice box back at my house. 1600s. No, That's you what I don't. call my refrigerator, okay. my ice box. <laughs> but it's not an ice box. <laughs> an ice box is a refrigerator that you didn't plug in. Yeah. You had to put a big block yeah. of ice in it. I know. And have it and have the ice. What every two or three days you had ice delivered and replaced it. Mm-hmm. But but when your parents tell you run to the ice box and get me a uh, <laughs> uh, iced tea, right. run to the ice box and get me. Uh, it's always been the ice box to me. Okay, so what are what are some other things that we said as kids that, of course, dial the Ooh, phone? Oh, yeah. Nobody yeah. would know. Mm-hmm. Nobody would have a clue what dial you're talking about with that. How long, how long did you hold on to your landline? Ooh, 2010 maybe. Okay. Maybe we I We were did. later because that, that was how Dina's mom would call us, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. on the landline. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, you, you, you um, and I felt bad about that because my mom would call me on the landline and I would tell her, 
Mama, I've turned it off. You have to call me on my cell phone. I've turned off my... What? You don't have a house phone anymore? <laughs> no. No, I don't. I yeah. Don't. My, my, my mom, may she rest in peace, she could not... We tried and tried with the cell phone with her. We tried. And she would carry it in the car, and we would show her how to dial, you know, 911 if you have an emergency. She she would dial 911 and sit. And, you know, you have to hit send. Right. You know, she would dial 911 and think, okay, when are they going to come on? They well, don't ever answer. I know you've seen the video oh. of the teenagers with the uh, the old landline phones. And oh. they pick it up, dial the number, and then hang it up. And, and like, like what? wait, what? what? Why are you hanging are you it back hanging? up? Yeah, exactly. They had no concept of uh, how You've got to listen to this. Yeah. yeah. yeah they, and they didn't know what a dial tone was. Think about that, Aaron. What is that noise? It's making a noise. Oh, they don't know what a... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. There's no dial tone. No dial tone on a cell phone. Oh, I wonder if I gave my kids a phone if they would know how to work it. I want you to call your dad with this phone and see if they would know how to do it. Especially if it had a rotary dial. Oh, man. They'd probably have to look up their dad's phone number on their cell phone first. Well, see, that's it. Because you don't remember any numbers. I don't know. Yeah, I know a few numbers. I know when your phone was out the other day, you were like... I, I couldn't do I anything. Know. I can't. I can't call anybody. I don't know their numbers. Right. Yeah. That's bizarre. I can but, call like my wife. I know my wife's number and my kids' numbers. Okay. Uh, I I'd have to really stop and think about my sisters. Mm-hmm. Couldn't mom? tell you my mom's. No. I'd have to. That, that's just mom. Yeah. You know, exactly. On the, on the phone. phone. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of things that we do now that. They would have trouble doing an ice box. You never had an ice box, though. No, but that's just what what it was called. Called it an ice box. You know, go get me a peach from the ice box. Is it sofa or couch? Sofa. Oh yeah, it's a sofa. On the couch. No, it's a sofa. Stop. (laughs) What's the difference? Don't make me hurt you today. I don't know. (laughs) What's the difference between a sofa and a couch? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh man, take your shoes off if you're on a couch. On a sofa, you can prop your feet up there. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I don't know. We had we had feet on every piece of furniture in my house. When you have five brothers, good luck keeping the house clean. We, I mean, we have to keep our furniture covered. Dina buys these covers and washes them, you know. Yeah. Because the dogs. Oh, absolutely. They know, get every. We just everywhere. don't even try to keep them off. It's just, I know. That's just. Let him play. <laughs> Mine comes on the bed, and he he snuck. He knows something's wrong with me right now, though, because he'll like nuzzle my arm, and he'll kind of look at my sling, and then he'll look, and then he'll kiss my hand. Like I know you have a bobo, so I'm here just to love on you. They're they know what's going on way more than we think. There's a meeting tonight at uh, LSUS. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's I, I don't have it in front of me. The, it's, a, it's economic development. Yeah, and and how we use our tax dollars and what can we do better because of the sprawl and what we can do better for the inner city. And you know they're going to kind of map out our financial plan, what we should be looking at. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Everybody's invited. We'll have more details with uh, former councilwoman LeVette Fuller uh, coming up at 840. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Long weekend. Glad to be back. Mm-hmm. 
Going to really be glad to have Ruben back. Yeah, be back tomorrow. I want to hear if he went to Waco. Yeah, did he go on his mac and cheese tour? Yeah, the macaroni and cheese tour. I I haven't seen pictures. I suspect that they might not have. They might just have stayed here in town. Well, he had the time off anyway, so if he didn't go, it's not not like it's it's some big scandal. (laughs) They were planning to be be in New Orleans for a lacrosse event, and that got canceled or postponed. So then the the wife saw that there was this cool mac and cheese restaurant in Waco, so they were thinking about doing the Waco mac and cheese tour. But I think maybe that got scrapped, and uh, they're because I think they went to see a band or something. I'll have to ask, but um, he'll be back tomorrow, and you get to go back to your spot oh, and uh, get back from behind you, that Lord. craziness over there. Yeah, it's nuts. Thanks for doing it, by the way, because well, I can't do it right now. I know you one got the, arm, the T Rex arm. <laughs> so when you hear the when you hear the dead air or two things running at once. Yeah. Um it's 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 Mikey. It's pretty convoluted. It's it's it, not like anything I've done before. No, ever. It, it's very complicated and it's fast paced and if you ain't ready you're gonna get lost in the weeds and you gotta be on your toes over there. And, so I got a lot of ticks on my ankles right now. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm up in the weeds. Yeah, it's it's a tough gig. There's no doubt about it. And uh, But, you know, having Ruben back will be good because he helps me with my news stuff. He helps with mm-hmm. our posting of a lot of our stories. So he does a lot of work that folks don't realize what's going on. He's kind of the he's kind of the heart of the operation. And we're kind of the liver or the kidneys, <laughs> something like that. You no, have to have a liver, a right? You got to have a lung. Yeah, yeah you're, you would say that. <laughs> Kidneys. We can't be like the gallbladder. We're not a, we're not a spleen, can, right? Yeah, you can, you can take live out. without a gallbladder. Yeah, but you, but um. Yeah. So. I don't know. I, I'm a spleen. I, I think a I'm a spleen. spleen. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, you're not a spleen, nor are you a gallbladder. <laughs> oh man, man. Oh goodness. I really want to go to that meeting, and if you don't know about it yet, coming up at eight forty. There's a meeting tonight at LSUS and University Center to talk about the future of Shreveport, how we use our money, are we using it wisely, uh, is urban sprawl really killing us, um, should we do more in the inner city, particularly downtown and in the uh, areas where we have a lot of blight, can we turn things around? Well, and it's like like you just said, Providence is doing it right, mm-hmm. they've got you know, you've got beautiful living space. Yes. Uh, restaurants right there. Mm-hmm. Shopping. Yep. You know, there's stores that, because that, uh, I remember that was one of the ordinance issues that came up years ago about oh, the liquor ordinance. Absolutely. Remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's shopping there. And that's and that's one of the goals is to, uh, as LeVette said, you know, make the areas more dense within the population. Uh, but the, are you going younger... to convince people to move to downtown? Are you going to convince families to move into the uh, the inner city where they are going to be fighting blight? Well, I don't I mean, see families, to... but I would like to entice those thirty-year-olds. You know, mm-hmm. the the young professionals that uh, either can work out of their home, right. which is there's a lot more of that than there used to be. Oh, absolutely. A, a lot of them haven't gone back. And and like you'll hear uh, council former councilwoman Levette Fuller say coming up at eight forty. They don't. They want to live in an area where they can walk everywhere. They want those folks. They don't want, want cars. They don't want to drive around to everything. And so that this could be appealing to them. This presentation is happening tonight, and then 
he will also the the the, the man in charge Manicotti I want to call him because he sounds like pasta his name that's not it but he wants to uh, he'll be presenting to the city council tomorrow too so he's in town it's a big event six thirty tonight at the LSUS University Center you'll hear more about it coming up at eight forty. Mike McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Kiel. One seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty. Of course, in it, in addition to everything going on this weekend, it was time change. Yes. So yes. I I uh, I went through. I do have some analog clocks in the house, and I actually changed my batteries. Oh, good. On all of them. You know, you're supposed to do it on your smoke detector as Absolutely, well. Absolutely, yes. I didn't do it on that, but Ooh. I did change my clock batteries on oh. those that that I have. Okay. Um, I've got one in the kitchen that is one of those um, satellite clocks mm-hmm. that receives a signal from oh, the, yeah. you know, the so it's accurate to the second. Right, right. And so I can I can base a lot of, like my microwave clock in my oh, oven in the yeah. kitchen. I can base it on that. I've got to go change those. I haven't done it yet. I'll have to go change them. I today. did those Saturday. In fact, I during haven't. the day. I may leave them for a year and see what I happens. told you the one in my bedroom <laughs> I left intentionally yeah. last fall. I left it. Right. And so it's now correct, but I did change the battery out. So it's really 738 now, the problem with me was I was on time for church. You know, yeah. it wasn't an issue. Like mm-hmm. I said, I went through Saturday and took care of all, right. everything. Plugged my phone into my alarm clock because um, the alarm clock feeds off the phone and it'll resync oh, to my phone. Okay, there you go. So it was automatically set when I by the time I woke up. Yeah. But the problem was last night it's nine thirty. And I'm not ready for bed yet. I'm still yes, awake. That's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> so it's like Wait I was a up till eleven. Yeah, and I'm like, oh no, that alarm clock's going to ring. And and I woke up early today. Thank goodness my inner clock worked for me. Okay. Because otherwise, yeah, same here. Uh, I, was... I, I would have been really struggling. And so I I made it here early actually today, but I. I did take a good nap yesterday afternoon, so that saved me because I was up till like eleven watching the Oscars and the end, and, you know, the ending of it. Yeah, I've got to where I can't take a nap on Sundays because then I won't go to bed Sunday evening. Oh yeah, you know, so yeah. I just I just hold off, and that was my favorite those Sunday afternoon. Oh, the naps. Sunday naps. Oh, your so head good. starts nodding. Saturday night, trying to to relax and chill, and then that storm came through, and God bless yes. my pooch, he went crazy. Same, same he, here. He my, just had a fit, a conniption. Daddy put him in the, uh, his daddy put him in the, his kennel because he's like, he'll stay calm in there. I'm like, take him in the room with you. Let no. him snuggle with you. Hush him up. He was struggling. He was struggling with it. Former Councilwoman Lavette Fuller joining us just after the break. Mikey McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Kia. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. 
Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Former Shreveport City Councilman, uh, Councilwoman Lavette Fuller is joining us. Uh, Lavette, big event going on tonight at LSUS. This is uh, Reform Shreveport hosting uh, this. Tell us about uh, tell us about this development meeting that's going on. Okay, so good morning. And actually, Reform Shreveport is not hosting, but we are going to be handling the live stream. The city of Shreveport and DSDC, Downtown Shreveport Development Corporation, are actually the sponsors along with LSUS tonight. Joe Minakazi of Urban 3 has done a fiscal analysis of Shreveport. And Urban 3 was introduced to Shreveport by Reform Shreveport back in 2017. What Mr. Minakazi is doing um, is something that I was able to get the funds for when I was on council. And it's going to be looking at all of our tax revenue geographically, like tagging every building's tax revenue and then actually calculating it into value per acre, then overlaying the sales tax per industry and zip, uh, by zip code in the aggregate. Um, and then looking at our total amount of money and um, for infrastructure. Okay, we're so like, kind of in the weeds. Help make it okay. real simple. Make it real simple if you can. We're going to look at what we're spending on every mile of infrastructure we have, and we're going to be looking at how much money is coming in geographically to, to see if we have a high return on investment or if we're hemorrhaging money. In other so words, is areas, is there, has urban sprawl worked or is it costing us way more than it's worth? That's a big part of it. Okay. Do we, where are we productive? Where is this city actually getting back money to cover the cost of the roads, the water, the sidewalks, the fire hydrants? The street, and where are we tanking? Streetport DDA put on their Facebook page, this could be one of the most important meetings you ever attend. You agree and 100%. why? why? Why is this um, one big? Because you saw what this looked like for Lafayette. And right now, we keep saying, where's all of our money going? Well, you've got a decreasing population and you keep adding on more land area. That's each person paying for more and more land and a decreasing population. So we can talk about waste, but that's probably one of the most wasteful things we can do is keep adding land when you have fewer and fewer people to pay for it. And then the other part of that is how can we maximize the tax revenue we have? And that's going to be putting more buildings in areas where you already have infrastructure. Now, how do you get people to do that? How do you get people to buy into that? Right. That's going to be the big issue is this is going to show you the proof of why it's important to do things differently. And then we have to start looking for the ways to incentivize doing the smarter thing because we can't afford to keep doing what we're doing. So when you say do things differently, can you, can you give me an example of, of how we can do something differently? Okay. We have a lot of vacant property inside the urban core, not just vacant. We have a lot of just property that's not being used to its full potential. Let's take the Sears building downtown that is now the loft. Think about how many jobs are in that property and I'll calculate it for value per acre. 
you have more opportunities for tax revenue in that building by having retail, the coffee shop, offices on the second floor, and then the apartments above than in, say, a Walmart that has fewer people working in it, all of that parking that's not being used for anything, and then all of the frontage, every piece of pipe, every road. You're not getting enough money from that Walmart to cover the cost of everything that's going past it. If we actually start looking at not just, not just density, but just making things a little bit more compact. If every neighborhood has the opportunity to have most of its amenities within 15 minutes walking, you would actually be getting a higher return on investment. People are wanting to live closer to where they work and have all of their amenities, their groceries, their cafes, their dry cleaning, their banks, that much closer so you're not having to go so far away to get things. By having that diversity of use, having your retail opportunities closer to where you live and your working opportunities closer to where you live, the city actually has a chance to save money or get a higher return on investment on the dollars we have. Levette, we're talking about... This is going to show... I know, I'm getting into the nerdy stuff. Go ahead. Former Councilwoman Levette Fuller. Some would say, though, that the horse is already out of the barn. You already have so much urban sprawl, you can't rein it back in. What ye say to that? We have to thicken our population inside the areas that we built first. That doesn't mean that you have to try to force people who live in the sprawl in back into the city. That's not it. What we have to do is make it more attractive for people to want to live in the core. And it doesn't take much. This isn't a matter of having to overhaul the entire city. It's just a matter of taking care of what we have and improving what we have doing literally the smallest things to make those areas more attractive will actually induce more demand into those areas. What we can't do is is continue inducing demand outward. You can't keep making it attractive for people to be further away. And that's the issue. Stop right where we are and say, no, we're not doing it anymore. I know that's one of the things that uh, my wife and I love about where we live is it's so centrally located and we're, you know, we've got everything we need right around us. Exactly. I've caught you walking your dog down like Oakley or Atlantic or somewhere over there. It's nice to be in an area that's walkable, that's close to the things that you do. And what we should be doing is creating more of that because there's value in it. And if we're talking about having a younger population actually considering she's poor even a little bit, this new generation does not want to be in cars, y'all. They don't want to drive. And I love the idea of developing downtown and making it more Mm user-friendly. Our downtown has the most – our downtown, to some degree, is even as it's emptier now than it's ever been, it is still right now sustaining – most of this community in tax revenue. And part of that is the density and part of it's just the productivity of each building. The value per acre concept that he's going to talk about tonight is going to be best for him to actually demonstrate the whole thing. He's going to start off by talking about where he's from, which is Asheville, North Carolina. He's going to talk about the investments that were made 20 years ago in a downtown Asheville. that was quite a bit like the downtown that we have right now with a lot of the attitude being, This will never work. Nobody wants to live there. Why do you keep talking about this? Just forget about it. Right. Low morale, 
They were in a similar state that we are now, but they made the investments anyway, and they did what needed to be done. And now that downtown has 25, like, local breweries and 75 restaurants and a lot of retail. It's walkable, and people are still moving to Asheville because of how vibrant it is. Gotcha. It's just a matter of us saying that it's worth it to us. One, it's worth it on the economic side of things. If we want to be sustainable, if we don't want to always be in debt, if we want to actually see our roads be repaired and our water be repaired without a federal mandate and without having to have so much debt, if we want to see that happen, we actually have options, and it's going to come down to the revitalization of the areas with potential for productivity. That's not just downtown, but the core neighborhoods around downtown. So the meeting is tonight at LSUS. 6.30, right? 6.30, LSUS University Theater. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Oh gosh. If you're just getting on the train of the cameras in Shreveport that Mayor Arsenault told us Friday morning, the cameras they were gonna put out in the neighborhoods to help with the real time crime center and right. all that, they're gonna have to pull them down because they were hackable and they can't use them. So they got to take them down and can't install any more of them. Well now one of the messages said these cameras were Built by a Shreveport guy. Okay, I'm I'm I've been inquiring about the cost, and I sent a follow up. Did you ever find out the cost of the cameras? And the answer to me was, I asked IT Friday to put it together, but I haven't heard back. We'll check again. Um, those things were not bought off the shelf, so it may take them some time to get even a ballpark number. I said, could you also let me know who we bought them from, please? Um. And this person said, I believe that Keith Hansen bought parts from various sources that were then assembled here. That's why answering your request is not a simple matter. So, so we, we didn't even buy cameras. Whole camera. We bought parts and then assembled them here. Um, I know he went. I know Keith Hansen went before the uh, council to say the boxes that he had built were not adequate right. to hold all the cable and all that, so that he was having to build new boxes. And that means you have to order new stuff for that. So the first boxes we were building were a waste. I just, um, I'm, I'm at a loss to know, if they give me a six-figure for this, I'm going to really come unglued, you know, that we wasted six figures. And 90 cameras, you got to imagine, if... There are a hundred, well, you know. But were there 90 cameras? Were these all assembled or did we just have a room full of parts? Parts, exactly. And that may be the problem. So that now, you, obvious, obviously we can't return this. Right. We have There's a, nothing to return. We have a room full of parts and we have cameras that Sorry, we can't use. It, it really is mind-boggling how, how this was done. And there are people that say they knew going in these were hackable. And they should have never, ever bought them. I'm just... <sighs> well, we're going to stay on top of it. Yeah, we will. Aaron Bulldog McCarty. <laughs> <laughs> Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 Keel.